Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do! Happy Wednesday, everyone. It is June 8th, and we are getting closer and closer to the Gamecocks kicking off a new season of football, but we still have some time to go until we get there. As always, I am Mike Yuva, but today we do not have Marcus Lattimore. We do not have Nick Klaus. Please do not just end the show. You know, we got a good guest today. I promise it's not just going to be me talking for the next 45 minutes to an hour. We have former Gamecock tight end Jacob August joining us today. Very excited to catch up with him. Someone that I've been able to develop a good relationship with since getting down here at South, in South Carolina between my time of covering him at USC and just now as he is a big boy out there in the real world. But before we get into that interview and discussion with Jacob August, just a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs in sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NBA hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use our mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. And speaking of a guy that knows what the game is like on the field, as I mentioned, Jacob August. Jacob, good to see you, bud. Had a chance to... Talked to you just the other day, and I said, hey, what do you got going on, you know, tomorrow? Do you want to hop on the podcast? So we're happy to have you on. Hey, man, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here for sure. So we're going to catch up with, with you in terms of what's been going on in your life, as we have been with some of these past interviews. If you haven't had a chance, go back and check them out on Believe in South Carolina. have been some really good guests. We had Shaq Wilson just last week, and the week before, we had our good friend Byron Jared coming on as well with us. We really appreciate those two. But, Jacob, I know the timing couldn't have been any better because you have a big event going on this week. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so this this weekend we have um, our second annual PD3 Foundation fundraiser. So, um, you know, we're really, we're really looking forward to it. Um, for those of you who don't know, I, I had a I had a friend pass away, Parker DeBois, and, you know, he, he, he passed away due to mental health issues. And, um, you know, we last year, um, you know, we got together with the DuBois family and, we decided to host this event to kind of raise some some awareness in terms of um, you know bringing the community together and and, and really wanting to have a positive um, you know impact on the community with that um, you know that that kind of developed it was it was a really good event last year and it turned into us creating a full fledged foundation so um, PD three which stands for Parker Dubois and his you know his favorite number was three um, the PD three foundation and um, you know we're really just really just trying to promote mental well being for the all individuals and families through awareness support and advocacy and. Um, you know, so so this Saturday uh, we're doing a seven-on-seven tournament, and what that is going to be with it's going to be with it's going to be with five high schools throughout the um, South Carolina and Georgia, um, you know, football mm-hmm. teams, and um, you know it's going to be a great event. I'm going to have some mental mental professionals out there speaking with the kids, and we're really going to provide an outlet for them to be able to talk about any problems that they're having. Um, you know, we're we're really getting creative with this. Um, and we're, we're, we're kind of thinking about it outside the box where, um, you know, I, I can tell you this, um, you know, as a teenage boy, last thing I wanted to talk about was issues that I was having. So 
uh, we're, we're developing some programs and some and some initiatives to to really try to affect these kids in a positive way when everything's aren't going well for them. So um, and that, that's not all. We're also doing, um, you know, something on Friday night as well. We're, we're bringing a lot of people from the Columbia and South Carolina community as well. We got Perry Orth, Mike Matulis, um, Jay Yurek. They're, they're all going to be in attendance and we're just going to have a, uh, a you know, a, Mike Uva is even playing in the tournament, guys. If you, 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 you've seen Mike Uber talk. Have you ever seen his film? Yeah, the, bar, the bar, the bar, set low. I got the cleats. The cleats, and I always <laughs> tell Mo Brown, the cleats and the gloves always stay in the car. So yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to get some stretching out there. Um, yeah, for sure. Love but one thing that you did mention though that that I thought was neat. Well, two couple things. One, you're going to have some different foundation. You're going to have a couple different foundations in there. One that Gamecock fans are going to be very familiar with, and that's the Hayden Hurst Foundation. So I do want to mention that and, and let you talk about that in a sec. But one other thing that you brought up. Because mental health, especially dating back to everything that took place during the pandemic, not saying that mental health and stress and anxiety didn't exist before that, but we've seen it more, right? And maybe it's just a combination of the time because it's become more some it's become something that people are more open to talk about now more than ever. But you mentioned that for some of these high school kids or whoever, you know, for forever the uh, for the sake of the conversation, it it, it can be tough to be able to talk about these things, especially when you're going through these challenges and you're talking about finding ways to be able to help. Right. Right. Well, it's one thing. All right. Trying to raise money, trying to raise awareness, but what happens when, you know, shit hits, hits the fan. And in this case, you've been able to develop, you know, some of these steps to be able to help if something does arise and they are feeling alone or they don't feel comfortable talking with other people. One thing that you mentioned is being able to have a kind of a list or something that you write down that they can read. Can you, can you kind of explain that? Yeah. So what we're doing is we partnered with the Hayden Foundation, the American Foundation for Suicide, Suicide Prevention and, and, and the NAMI Foundation as well. Um, so uh, the National Alliance for Mental Illness and um what, what, what we've all come together and decided to do was instead of, you know, putting a speaker out there and asking if any kids have troubles and waiting for them to raise their hands for them to see if we can help. What we've done is we've um, we've, we've created a packet. So essentially they're going to get um, like a drawstring bag and it's going to have resources for them. Um, you know, in person, this is personal opinion based off of my experiences and just talking with a lot of other people. You don't really know you have a problem until you're, you know, you're really far deep in it. So uh, what essentially what we want to do with these packages, is we want them to store it away in their room, forget about it. And then when things really get tough for them and when they don't feel like they have an avenue to, you know, to talk and, and, and have no idea what to do, we want them to remember that package so they can pull it out, even if it's under their sock drawer, if it's, you know, it's underneath their closet. We just want to make sure that they have the resources in hand, and whether it's a phone number for a mental health professional to for them to call, whether it's, um, you know, a location for them to, to go to or, or, or any type of packet or information for them to to kind of to kind of see so that you know we can help them out in any way we can when they're in those dire need situations because you know what what happened with parker we you know we 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 know it will but we never want it to happen again and um you know you, you made you made a good point you know it it's not that mental health is just now starting it's just that people are, are realizing that there actually is a problem but not only that there's a problem but there's also ways to to, to find a solution there's also ways to help you so um we're just we're just kind of working on working on the we're just kind of working on um you know solving it on the back end of it where we want to give you the avenue when you realize that you do have a problem we want to give you the avenue when you might think that there's nothing else for you out there so um, that's kind of where we're starting here and we're, we're excited to get started this initiative continue the outreach and to see really where we can take it and see how many people we can 
And if you're interested in being able to learn more about this, I'm going to have a link on GamecockCentral.com. You'll be able to see a story. So maybe that's how you found this podcast this week because uh, typically we throw up the link for each podcast on Gamecock Central, find a little tidbit, and we put a story up there. So our Gamecock Central readers, they know exactly what I'm talking about because the majority of them come right from the website to here. But if uh, that's not how you listened to our podcast or listen to our podcast, be able to check it out over at Gamecock Central. That'll be a free website. So if you're not a subscriber, it's all right. But if you're not a subscriber, get a little taste. Get a little taste. Football season is coming up. We're going to have plenty of information to share as we get closer and closer. And speaking about football, Jacob, it's crazy when you think about everything that has changed within a year with this program, just the the positivity, right? Just the shift itself. I mean, a year ago, you have a new coach coming in. Yeah, people know the Beamer name, right? Okay, he's the son of Frank Beamer and, you know, Beamer Ball, this and that. But Shane comes in here, and within one year, he has turned the ship around completely, 180 degrees. And this is a program that before last year, they had six wins combined the two previous years. They have seven wins coming off this bowl win this past season they have that positive momentum you're able to pick up guys like spencer rattler austin stogner christian beale smith Devonnie reed i mean you can keep going down the line you know antoine wells jr wide receiver they, they're able to add some key pieces Jarrell Dawkins, another one so they have all this and the buzz right now in this city is higher than it's been in quite some time the only thing that i can maybe compare it to is the year coming off the outback bowl win Jake Bentley and, you know, when you guys were there with Hayden Hurst. But, I mean, shoot, I haven't been here that long, so I don't remember the Spurrier days, or I can't say that I remember what it felt like. I watched it from the outside. As a former player, what is this like just seeing this transformation just in one year? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I talk with a lot of my, you know, former teammates, and we were – a lot of us were with this, the the, uh, the Spurrier and Muschamp era, and – the, the sentiment that is continuing to arise is, man, we wish we were there right now. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like so much fun. It looks like the energy is just incredible. Like you said, the pieces are just there, you know, to, to you know, to, to, to make a really successful season. Um, you know, for Beamer to take a program that was in just absolute shambles, um, when was it the end of 2020? Mm-hmm. to where he has it now, you know, just two years later, le- less than two years later, it's just incredible to see. It's incredible to watch. And, you know, with a person who has, you know, really a, a, a really big appreciation for good leadership, it's just been really exciting to see. And and you can tell that that Beamer is doing everything the right way. Again, this is just from an outsider's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, an outsider who used to be on the inside. Um, I, I, I don't really communicate that much with them, you know, anymore. But um, for, just from what I've seen, like you said, there hasn't been this much buzz um, since probably our Outback season when we went nine and four and we beat Michigan, um, you know, especially in that second half. I mean, we're, it's just incredible to watch. Um, I, I'm i excited to go to a few games this year. Um, I think the Rattler, you know, me, I'm a big tight end guy. So so the guy they got from um, the guy I got from Oklahoma, he, he looks mm-hmm. like a real deal. And, um, you know, especially in the SEC, you know, I, like I said, I'm biased, but when a, when a quarterback is under pressure in the SEC, when you're going against a bunch of dogs, a bunch of those four star, five star, you know, so, you know, solidified dogs that um, you know all these SEC teams have, to have that safety blanket in the middle of the field that Spencer's going to have, 
I mean, it's just, it's, especially with Jaheim Bell, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a recipe for success. And we do have those guys on the outside that, that can, you know, take the top off of the defense as well as the speed on the underneath. So, um, you know, I, I'm really pumped to watch it. Um, you know, I'm excited to, to see what happens, but, you know, the future's super bright for sure. When you look back to when you were there, especially during this time of the year, right? You're in June, you're getting ready for a season. I thought it was interesting. It's an interview that we actually haven't released yet over at Gamecock Central. It was a Garnet Trust interview that will be coming out uh, in the next couple of days. But we had a chance to be able to catch up with Trey Kenyon. And I-, I thought something that was interesting that he brought up is, now granted, this is what he said. I mean, there could be a guy or two, but he said everyone's up there right now. The entire team is here in Columbia training this offseason. Marcus, a lot of more shared stories. And I know, obviously, we were talking about before, it would been great to have Marcus on with you to be able to kind of go back and forth a little bit with different yeah. things. But, I mean, Marcus shared that it was more of an understanding than anything else, right? Like, if you didn't stay on campus, it was a disappointment. Right. During the time when you were there, was it something that you saw a lot? Was there a lot of guys that stayed on campus during throughout the summer or was it maybe you know uh 75 percent 80 percent i mean i know you you and me aren't two math whizzes but at the same time too to kind of just give us a feel and it's not trying to say okay this is a better era there's more leadership or anything else like that and there could be i mean that that could be the case but when you're trying to find just what's going right now in comparison to maybe what was holding back the teams in the, in the past. Marcus mentioned it before when he was over there, when, when you were over there during that time period, some of the things he felt like was a disconnect at times. Uh, but when, when you look at it, was there a majority of the guys that stayed on campus or was it, you know, half? I mean, what would you say? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I got there, I got there in January and this was after our third straight 11 and two season. So the buzz was there. Then, the whole, you know, the last year and a half of, of Spurrier, you know, brought it down. Then the resurrection of Muschamp doing a lot with Spurrier's recruits brought us up. Had the nine and four year, you know, brought it up with Spurrier's recruits again. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. It was a bunch of Spurrier's recruits. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, the come back down. I came, I, I left it about here and then it came back down. So I've seen a lot of it. The years we went, the year we went nine and four, it was, it was different. That was my junior year, their senior year. Different and from was, when? Different from when? Different compared to the other years you were there? It was different from every year that I, I – every other year I was there. I mean, when I got there, and it was our third straight 11 in two years, a lot of dudes left. Mm-hmm. And I could feel – I didn't notice at the time because I was very young. But it was a lot of guys who were riding the coattail of the other guys who were going 11 and 2. Yep. That um, – not all of them, but there's some of them. And that's when we talk about the percentages. There's a lot of guys that were, um, you know, that were content with what we had done. And that was when you start seeing the downfall. Um, At the bottom, it was like, okay, we got to look out for ourselves. We don't know much, you know, we don't even know who the coach is. We don't know what's going on. You know, we're just kind of left in limbo. So everybody started looking out for themselves. Then we started going to that six and seven year, right? We, we, again, we didn't know what to expect with Muschamp, but, you know, he really created a good foundation after that first year where we went six and seven. And you started seeing guys buy in a little bit. Like if I had to get percentages, probably, you know, probably at 85% of the guys buy in. When we went nine and four, we had a, about probably 90 to 95% of the guys bought in. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, the other 5% is why we lost four games. 
Um, when you say so buy-in, you're talking about everything. You're not talking necessarily everything. just the summer. Yeah. You're talking the whole getting kaboom. Yeah. Coming, coming in, coming doing summer classes, doing the doing the optional optional workouts, mm-hmm. right? And I'm talking from 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 you know Sky Moore and Hayden and Jake and Brian and Debo all the way down to you know you know at the time me the walk-ons, the walk you know the walk-ons, the punters, the kickers, the long time. Everybody was bought in to a point where it was like okay, we believe, and it got to a point where it started becoming player-driven. The best programs, teams, businesses anything are driven by the players. So if you're in a company, you can't be ran by the CEO. It's ran by everybody who's in the front line, doing the calls, doing the support, doing everything every day. And so you notice that. Kind of and you notice that during the, during the Spurrier or just a little bit more maybe, or some of the guys that were Spurrier quote unquote guys, recruits. Uh, what year are you talking about? So I'm just saying, I'm just saying in general, did you just get a sense of the Spurrier guys or there was guys that during that time period, whether it was a crossover to playing in the must champ era, there was just a different mentality. And the reason yeah. I bring that up is, you know, Shaq Wilson brought up about recruiting and how, I mean, shoot, we hear Shane Beamer talk about it all the time. I mean, the best, rec- the best recruiting tool that South Carolina has is their players. Marcus yeah. Lattimore has talked about it, saying that if Alshon Jeffrey didn't go to USC, I don't know if I go there. Jack Wilson right. said that there were some players in Florida, especially during that time period when Spurrier came up here. There was a, it became a hotbed, and there was a lot of talent coming up from Florida. So I bring that up because did you just notice just something different with just that mentality during that time period? Well, in, in a sense, yes. But you know that year we went nine and four. It was it was primarily Spurrier recruits. Now we had yep. Jake and, and, and guys like that, but we also had a chip on our shoulder because all we kept hearing was wait till wait till Muschamp's guys get in there. Wait till they do this. Wait wait till Muschamp develops his player. Let's get, and Muschamp brought a great player for sure. But you know the, the guys that were the juniors and seniors were, and and, and you know redshirt sophomores. We we were all Spurrier guys. And we had bought into the Muschamp way. Muschamp had a great way about him, for sure, especially those first two to three years. Um, but we 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 found a lot of motivation with saying we're not just going to be the you know the transitional pack to let Muschamp become successful. We're going to be successful mm-hmm. now, and that's kind of how we went about it. So um, that was when we like when I look back on it, that was when I noticed like we're bought in because we were starting to have player run meetings. We mm-hmm. were doing things where we were. Um, you know, we I, I lived in a in a college house with um, Dante Sawyer, John Wall, and and, and Bryson Allen Williams, and um, we would have player meetings there. Where we were like, okay, what are the expectations this year? What do we need out of everybody that we're not that we haven't had in the past? How are we all going to be one team, one heartbeat? And when we had that player meeting before the before you know player meetings before the season, that's when I knew, okay, we you know, we're, we're, we really are on to something. So we we definitely noticed something there. And, and, you know, the proof is in the pudding. That's exactly what we saw. Um, again, I think we got a little content in the back end, especially my last year with seven. We went seven and six. Was it seven and six? Yeah, seven and six. Um, we knew we had players, but, um, you know, there was definitely some leadership issues and, you know, from the players and the coaches. So, um, you know, we struggled with that a little bit on the back end. And then obviously what, what ended up happening happened. So, um, but that nine and four year, I mean, we, yes, we're, we're we went nine and four, but we still talk about this day. We should have went 11 and one, 12. And well, you mentioned, you mentioned feeling content and I, I know you're not speaking for everybody. I know you're not speaking for everybody. We just want to clarify that, but you, you try to, you know, look, 
USC is coming off a seven and six season. Is there, should they, should they be content by any means? No, but at the same time too, for a majority of these players, for a majority of these players outside of the Brad Johnson's of the world, the Eric Douglas's that have been here for, for yeah. quite a bit for a majority of this team, they don't know what success looks like. They don't know what handling success looks like. So what would you tell the players on this team right now how to handle that success, especially knowing that, okay, hey, look, wasn't too long ago that we were a team that, no, granted, circumstances were different, but as you alluded to before, you have a new coach that came in. Timing, a little bit different, right? Took a couple more years for Muschian to be able to get things going to get to that Outback Bowl win. But the point being is you were able to take that next step. What would you tell these players in terms of being able to make sure that there isn't that feeling of just being content and happy and satisfied with what happened last year and knowing that, hey, look, just because we got seven wins last year doesn't mean that we're guaranteed anything this year. Listen and watch the guys who've been there before. We have we have a, you know, with the transfer portal, everything changing, we have a unique opportunity nowadays. You know, the players have a unique opportunity to deal with kids and teammates who and coaches mm-hmm. who have been in a lot of different situations. Take what they're what they're showing you and they're telling you and really try to understand why they're saying what they're saying to you and why they're doing what they're doing. Watch Spencer Rattler. Watch what he does after a big win. Is he gonna is he gonna soak it in for the you know the next three weeks and let it hinder his next two weeks of performance? Or is he gonna have a short memory and move on quickly? Right? Those are the kind of things that you need to see. Again, that that to me is going to be the biggest indicator of what Spencer Rattler and what the Oklahoma guys and what the transfers mm-hmm. do for our program. Are they the kind of guys to be happy that they had a big win at USC and get content and then lay an egg the next week? Or are they the kind of guys that I believe that they are where they know how to be true leaders and they know how to be successful and they know that they're not just satisfied with the first result. They want the full result. So it's, it, I would just say lean on them, lean on Beamer, lean, lean on all those guys who have been there before. I mean, you have Shaq Wilson and Jared Orr. I mean, they were there. They were coaches when I was in college. It's two, it's probably two of the best dudes I've ever met in my entire life. Like mm-hmm. genuinely great dudes. No question. Really, really take their guidance seriously. And you will see it, you know, trickle into your life if you try to do the, the right thing consistently. You mentioned Shaq and Jerdo. I understand fans get caught up with, we need more of our guys. We need more former players in there. I understand that, okay? I I agree. I don't think you need everyone to be former Gamecocks. I'm not necessarily saying you agree with me or disagree with me with that. But the, the point where I'm going with this is this. The guys that they do have back that are former Gamecocks, you mentioned those two in particular. You can go down the list. Some of the other guys that have had that have USC ties. We talk about Pat DeMarco. Uh, you can go down the list. You talk about a guy like, um, shoot, I'm trying to think of some more names right now for you. Um, that are in the building right now. That are in the building right now. I mean, you you have you have names in there. You yeah, have for sure. guys that have been around this program. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on one in particular, and I'm going to get smacked in the head for forgetting his name. Um, Devante, Devante, yeah, yeah, sorry about that, Devante. 
I'll probably still get smacked in the head for forgetting that. My bad, Devontae. But I bring that up because you have guys that have not only played at South Carolina, but have had success and know what winning's about. As a guy that comes in here, right? Let's say you're not from South Carolina, or you could be from South Carolina. How difficult can that be if you're, you know, in that coach role or strength and conditioning coach or analyst, whatever the case may be, we're trying to connect with some of these kids, you know, coming in here because for some, it's going to be easy, right? They're going to look at it. Like you said, okay, listen to the upperclassmen, understand that these guys have been here from a coaching standpoint. They were here when things went extremely well, probably some of the best days in USC football history, but others are going to come in there and, you know, obviously you want to bring guys from a culture standpoint that are going to be good fits and this and that. I'm not saying these guys are assholes or anything, mm-hmm. but, you know, trying to get them to understand like, hey, look, you know, you're going to have to work. Nothing's going to be given to you. We understand it because we went through it about a decade ago. Yeah. Well, from a co- from from those coaches perspective, they're this is their full time job and they've committed their life to this profession. So they, they wouldn't have taken this job unless they. They were they were ready to you know pour out everything that they that they learned pour out their knowledge, be able to communicate and provide that that you know that resource for these kids um, from when they had their time at USC and like you said they those guys were very the most successful mm-hmm. you know they're on the most successful teams in, in South Carolina history so um, you know I, again all four of those guys I mean except for Jared or um, Demarco. Wilson, Jaredo, and Devontae, they were all there when I was there. And those, you know, I, I'm glad you brought up Devontae. Devontae, he coached me specifically because um, this was right when he got done with the Cowboys and he was done with his neck injury. And he was uh, coaching scout teams. And I was I was still like a, a new guy, walk on, trying to make my mark. And, and, and he kind of took me under his wing and, and and really had a big influence on me. before. This is before he even knew what he wanted to do. So it was just incredible to see because, um, you know, it, it – you could tell from within this is exactly like Jared or um, Devonte is exactly where he needs to be, and mm-hmm. so when he went to South Point and he made South Point a you know a title contender, a title champ, like they won the title, you know, they won the state championship. He knew that he needed to get back to his roots, and the same thing with Jared Owen Wilson. But with Demarco, I have I have a pretty good relationship with him because he was a former tight end and. He, he would always look out for me and I would always look out for him. So we developed a relationship there. So it was definitely like, th- they're definitely four guys who are meant to be in that role. And from a player's perspective, you just, you know, you're, you're dealing with, you're dealing with yourself. I mean, your biggest obstacle is yourself, especially when people, again, we talk about it, you know, we're starting to talk about more, but people also fail to realize very frequently that these are 18 to, you know, 21, 22 mm-hmm. year old kids. They're, they're put in these positions where they're not, they're not trained to be, you know, a high profile athlete in their state, in their city. They're, they're, they don't know how to handle this. So they, them being able to, to, to proactively learn from these guys and to, to open up their ears and soak everything in from that knowledge of, Hey, I've been here before and I showed and I'll, and I've been successful. This is what I can show you for them to be able to, to listen to them and actually take, what they're learning and uh, take, take what they're teaching. I mean, that, that, that's the, you know, that's the biggest thing for them is to, is for that personal and, and, you know, professional development. Bring me back to when you're coming out of high school, a little bit different than a majority of your teammates, but you come in, you walk on, you have opportunities to go elsewhere, but you decided to go to USC. I think you actually, we talked about it 
that Marcus Satterfield was one of the guys that was yeah. uh, in on your recruitment when he was over still at Temple, correct? That's right. Um, so, I mean, it's funny, small world, right? But yeah, the reason I ask you that is because obviously it's it's different, right? Steve Spurrier, Heisman Trophy winner, won a national championships, Florida, this, that, comes here to South Carolina, right? And at that time, they were starting to, to hit their stride a little bit. I say all that because for you, what do you remember that really stood out to you that said, all right, this is where I want to be? Obviously, a guy that played at Cardinal Newman in state, you understand what South Carolina football is all about, probably went to games at williams Bryce growing up or watching USC at least as a kid. What stood out to you to be able to get you to come here? And the reason I say that is because I think back to some of the things that Shaq talked to us about saying, you know, if you go to school like uh, Alabama, Michigan, I think Garcia actually brought it up the other day on the radio on 107.5 with Heath Klein. He remembers that Spurrier told him, you know, you could go to Alabama, Michigan, whatever, whatever school was recruiting him at the time. But if you come to South Carolina, you could do something that's never been done before. And that really stood out to him. So when you think about the direction of where this program is headed, uh, obviously, it's got tremendous leadership with Shane Beamer and that coaching staff. And we mentioned some of the other guys that are on staff with him that he's brought in with USC ties. What do you remember that helped get you to come here? An opportunity to play for my dream school. And yeah. you know, it, it really just took one phone call, two phone calls, I'll say. One from Spurrier. That was, you know, a, a big dream of mine to even just be in the same room as Spurrier. When he called me and told me that, you know, they, they, they would love to have me. Um, you know, that was huge. And, you know, for him to tell me that as a walk-on, I could start as a freshman, um, which I ended up doing as a redshirt freshman, um, you know, that, that if he's saying that, you know, that then, then, you know, he's the Oracle, he's the King in my world. I was like, whatever you say, I'll do. <laughs> so, so that was big for me. And, and another one's from Ryan Brewer. He was my, you know, my favorite player, him and, him and the Brinkley twins, um, those were my favorite players. So getting a call from, um, getting a call from Jasper, or I'm sorry, from Ryan Brewer was was huge for me. Um, and just being a part of something great, like you said. I mean, I'm I'm naive. I was naive growing up. I, you know, to me, Gamecock football was the best football in in the world. I thought I thought we were winning national championships every year. By the way, I was a fan. So, um, and the, but then you know, finally, you know, eventually stepping into that into that building stepping into that, you know, that, that way of life was, was incredible. I mean, it was like, it was a drug that you can never, you know, remake. I mean, it, it, it was insane feeling the type of energy the city had, the state had, because again, remember I was for, I came in January, we had just finished our third straight 11 and two year. I mean, there was, the city was buzzing, man. So mm -hmm. I, it was just an incredible um, feeling. And, um, you know, I, I really think that they're recreating that now. And, um, you know, I'm just really excited to see what happens for sure. You work with high school kids and develop them during the summer, different camps that you do, very hands-on with, with the approach. And, I mean, obviously you bring a lot to the table. Mm -hmm. What have you noticed that's just different now in trying to maybe recruit? Right. I mean, NIL obviously is something that is changing the game. I don't know if you have any of these conversations with these kids now, but – if you're a coach, what, what what do you have to do? Like, if you're a school like USC, what can they do to be able to attract 
the the talent that they want to be able to take the step to the next level? Is it just simply saying, hey, if we win games, people are going to come here? I mean, we see the lights going up in the stadium, the new LED lights, but everyone has a nice ops building. Everyone has this. Everyone has that. What can South Carolina do to separate themselves, you think? You already said it. I mean, what what did Spurrier tell Garcia? I mean, he told him the truth. I mean, at, at the end of the day, all you can do is be genuine, and that's why we're so high up as former players on Beamers. He is a, he is a genuine guy. He genuinely believes that we can get South Carolina football to the Holy Land, and 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 he has no reason to believe that we can't. He saw what Spurrier did. He saw what Garcia did. He saw what Jadavion did. He saw what all those guys did, and he said, why not us? I mean, that's why we went to USC. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, when we were going three straight 11 and two, I, I wanted to continue it. I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to help any way I could. Now, again, you know, a lot of things you can't control happen, um, and they happen for, for, you know, everything happens for a reason, but Beamer just has to be real with himself, which he is, and he has to be genuine with these guys, and he has to be honest, and he has to not live in a world where we think as a program we're somebody that we're not, and mm-hmm. that's what we see with them is we're not anybody that we're not. We are South Carolina football. We are if we are the you know we're the school in Columbia, South Carolina. We have an opportunity to build something great because you've seen it before. And if you believe in it, we want you a part of it. If you don't believe in it, we don't want you. Not because we not because of we have any problem with you, but we want people who believe in us. And that's the kind of guys that's that 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 Beamer is getting. He's getting guys that really believe and truly see the vision that you know everybody else sees that everybody's been you know seeing for the last you know fifty years. So he's just got to continue to be himself. He's got to continue to stay, you know, stay the course and continue to believe in who he is and just be himself. And if he is himself and he hires people who just care about being themselves and seeing the best out of these kids, everything else will take care of itself, man. I mean, we got, like you said, we got, we got ops, we got off centers, we got the lights, we got the stadium, mm-hmm. we got, we got the practice. So we got everything we need to be successful let's just be genuine and let's give it our best shot. I know some players might not publicly say it, whether it be a recruit from this past year in the transfer portal, or there's a recruiter or prospect coming out of high school in the next year or two. When you see two guys that decided to come here from a school in which Shane Beamer used to coach at for them, right with them as, a, as an assistant in Austin Stogner, and of course, Spencer Rattler, if you're one of these prospects, if you're one of these guys in the transfer portal, how much stock do you put into that? That these two guys care this much about this individual that they're willing to follow them? Because we've seen situations, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a head coach. It could be an assistant coach. Head coach will always grab the news, right? But just because a coach goes somewhere else, and there could be other reasons why, right? It might not be a good fit, but I mean – if Shane Beamer is not at USC, I mean, let's call a spade a spade here. Austin Stogner, Spencer Rattler, do these guys come here? Probably not. No. Probably yeah. not. How much is that? How much do you think you you put stock into that? That these players are maybe paying attention of what's going on here in Columbia because of some of the things you mentioned before about how Shane Beamer's authentic and genuine, but the fact that his players were willing to follow him to USC. I mean, I think it says it says a lot about Beamer. 
I, I mean, you explained it perfectly. I mean, it, it's it has everything to do with the type, type of person Beamer is. Now, you, everybody knows he was not the head coach at Oklahoma. He was not the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. He was not the passing coordinator at Oklahoma. He was the tight end coach at Oklahoma. And for those of you who don't know, the tight end coach is the seventh coach hired out of seven position coaches that are able that are allowed to be hired in the NCAA. Right Say that now. again. Say that one more time for people that may miss that. So the, the NCAA, and it might have changed a little bit now. They might have added a coach or two at this point. Right now, putting you on the spot to say something that may have changed. <laughs> no, Everyone yeah. blame Jacob but, August. Go on Google. At the time. Wrong, just tweet at him. I'm just <laughs> messing with you. Just say it again based on what, the, what, what you remember, what you recall. It may have so changed, though. When Beamer was a coach at Oklahoma, when I was a player at USC, the NCAA allows you to have – seven on-field coaches hired by the by the university as an employer they they do that they pick the head coach they pick the the coordinators and then they pick the position coaches because of the norm just like how they're just like how they pay tight ends in the nfl the tight end coach is always the least important position coach hired because they feel like they have the least value i'm saying this because the starting quarterback at Oklahoma, now, of course, you know, things happened where they had this absolute rock star behind them, and, you know, things happened. But he had a few good years at Oklahoma. The quarterback, who's not even associated with the tight ends, packed his bags and came halfway across country to be with the tight end coach who was the last thought of being hired by, by the Oklahoma program. Yep. So that yep. just says – how much of an influence Beamer had on these kids, how much he had on, 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 on Rattler, how much he means to these kids off the field. He was not influencing Rattler on the field. Everything, every influence he had on Rattler at Oklahoma was off the field based off of, you know, my experience from USC and being able to put my, put my eyes on Oklahoma if I were in their shoes. So that just shows that Beamer is that dude. Beamer is the guy that people want to rally around. Beamer has the intangibles. There's so many X's and O's coaches out there that know how to how to make a good defense. Great, hire them as coordinators. Mm -hmm. Great, hire them as as um, as uh, position coaches. It's just like a business. You hire a CEO not for him to do your day to day operations, but you want him to galvanize the troops. You want him to put a put a narrative that they can believe in in their brains every single day, and you want them to make you believe in everything that the program is doing. And that is exactly what Beamer is doing. And that is exactly his character and his person. And that's what we're excited about. And it's just awesome to see. And like you said, I mean, that's just, that's why it means so much that, that Rattler and, um, and the tight end came that it just shows how unbelievably, you know, effective he is as a person. Cause you gotta be a good person. Looking at the offense, right? I know I'm a former defensive back. You're a tight end, and we're always going to protect our own, right? We're never going to throw a tight end. We're never going to throw a cornerback under the bus. Doesn't matter what the route is. You know, he's cornerback's never holding in my eyes. I've never seen a cornerback <laughs> hold. Never seen a cornerback hold. There's no such thing as a penalty. But last year, the offensive line took a lot of flack, right? Uh, as a offense, and I make this is where I'm going with this. As an offense, USC ranked second to last. Um, or the guess the best way to put it, they ranked second for the most sacks allowed, second to last in terms of uh, where you want to be. 
So I say all that because naturally that will be a stat that everyone wants to look at the offensive lineman. Sometimes that can be miscommunication, right? With a quarterback, it could be miscommunication with a running back, not picking up a blocking assignment. Um, there could be miscommunication and then a, a tight end misses a block, right? So I say all that because, and it's a little bit different. They're doing a different type of blocking scheme. I mean, you talk about man blocking and zone blocking, but at the end of the day, blocking's blocking. That's how I always look at it. They bring back their whole offensive line from last year. They're bringing in some new tight ends. You're losing Nick Muse, who was phenomenal when it came to blocking. From a tight end standpoint, what can the tight ends do to be able to help take that next step with a blocking standpoint? I know it's a little bit difficult because you don't understand exactly what's being told of them right for every play, but just big picture, what can a tight end do to be able to help in the blocking game? A a tight end is more effective when they – um, have an influence in every facet of the game. So, um, you know, our tight ends, they're, are, especially our top two, they're, they're, they're phenomenal athletes. Mm-hmm. So them being in the passing game is going to be huge. But from my experiences as being a tight end, you get more open in the passing game when you are an effective blocker in the run game. Because what that means is now the safeties have to walk into the box. When the safeties have to walk into the box, it's because they need to add an extra man in 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 the box in order to stop the run what that means is if they don't know if you're running or blocking you have a step on them when mm-hmm. they're so tight in the box to stop the run it's a lot easier to get behind so every tight end that i play with every you know anybody who knows football knows that but them being able to be you know an asset in the in the blocking game is going to get them so many more yards after a catch so many more touches in the passing game so many more touchdowns because it's just it's 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 it, it, it puts the defense in a guessing game they just don't know what to do now i'm really excited to see what satterfield does with these two tight ends um I, we all know <laughs> that the, that football is changing your debo yep. has, has been a, on the forefront of that you want guys that can do everything. The, our two tight ends can do everything. And that is what's exciting. Now we leave it up to the creativity of the offensive coordinator. How creative is Satterfield in getting these guys the ball as well as getting them an open space? And that just go that goes with every playmaker. You know, we're we're paying the we're paying these, you know, we're we're paying Satterfield the big bucks mm-hmm. creative. Show us your creativity. So I think this year is going to be a huge um it's going to have a huge influences influence on Satterfield's future. I mean, that's just a fact. It's just yeah. like anybody's job. How, what is your job going to like? Your job in the next twelve months is going to decide if you if you get promoted, if you get fired. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I, that's my mindset. It was in football. It's in the business world. It, it, it's in life. You're either getting promoted or you're getting fired. So Satterfield this year, he's either going to get promoted where he's going to get a raise because of how open he's getting these players and how effective this offense is going to look, or he's you know, on the chopping blocks because he's been struggling. So year two, I mean, year one, so many things happen in the first year. You're learning the program. You're learning the team. Like you said, there's schemes that you have to figure out. Some kids learn quicker than others. Some kids learn slower than others, right? Mm -hmm. The first year is a wash. The second year is when it's like, okay, either this guy knows what he's doing or he doesn't. And I believe in Satterfield. I really do think he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for him. Um, you know, I was really close to going to Temple because I, I was really excited about um, what Satterfield had to say when I was getting recruited by them up in uh, up in up in Philly. So um, I, I really have high beliefs, and, 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 and I'm really excited about him. Um, 
but you know, it's not crunching time. What are we going to do? Are you, are you, are you get promoted dog or are you get fired? I'm excited to see it. No, it's, it's going to be exciting. And I, I'll say this, looking what we saw from, we're just looking at what we saw from the spring game. You're not going to see everything, right? It's a spring game. Austin's right. not out there. There's a lot of guys that actually weren't playing in that game because of injuries that they were nicked up or whatever the case may be. Plus you're, playing a game on television. You don't want to show everything during a spring game. And But the point being is I liked how, from an offensive standpoint, they really stretched the field from sideline to sideline yep. because I feel like one of the strengths of this team is that they just have a lot of speed. They have a lot of speed across the board, whether it be Jaheim Bell, right? I mean, I'm not even talking about the running backs, which, of course, that's their, their strong point from an offensive standpoint as a room, even though I – the offense for uh, the quarterback room, I mean, it's so much better than, than it was last year. There's just more depth. There's more mm-hmm. experience there. Even the guys like Colton Gothier, they have experience now. Um, sure. I'm excited to see how things are, are going to play out. And certainly, as you mentioned, I mean, just the athleticism with guys like Austin Stogner and Jaheim Bell. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Jaheim. I mean, there's going to be situations I would not be shocked to see both those guys in the field at once because Jaheim's like that hybrid. And you mentioned oh, yeah. before, I mean, when you put, when you're able to block, it changes everything. Teams are going to have to change things up. Or a guy down the box might be two guys down the box. Um, I mean, but we're talking about some of the mismatches. Teams are going to have to decide: are we going to throw more of that outside linebacker out there? We're going to throw kind of that hybrid out there and try to make up for the speed because you have a guy like Jaheim or a guy like Austin Stogner. And if you're spreading them out, what happens? You might be able to run the football a little bit more. So, um, I think I think the tight end position as a whole regardless of the statistics is really going to be the difference this year. I mean, we could talk, we could talk about Spencer Rattler and I understand that. I totally get that. We can talk about the offensive line, need more production up there. I get that. But I think from a tight end standpoint, I'm not just saying this to make you all blushy over there. Cause I know you love your tight ends. Like all, like all our uh, Carolina callers that call coach Beamer in or go back to the must champ days and, you know, why don't we throw the ball to the tight end more? All right. Well, that's a good question. Great question. <laughs> that, that's a good question. <laughs> oh, a guy, a guy that um, that did throw you the ball a little bit at tight end, a good friend of yours, Perry Orth. My guy. Him and Corey Helms, two former Gamecocks. They're back at your alma mater. They are coaching at Cardinal Newman. Corey got the job as head coach. Perry came over from AC Flora. As the offensive coordinator, Corey previously was at Great Collegiate. What what are you uh, what are you most excited about with being able to watch those two? Not just for the fact that they're going back to your alma mater, but the fact that these are two guys that you know very well, played with, and you know they're being able to help out that next wave. Yeah, I, I mean, I, coming from Cardinal Newman, you know, football has been an afterthought, um, and you're really show it's really with the hire of Corey as a head coach and Perry as the offensive coordinator, um, they're really showing that they're willing to put their, all their eggs in one basket and make this program, you know, something that has never been before. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, 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 it's going to be, it's going to be, I, I'm, I'm honored to, um, you know, have been a part of that coaching search and, and to really, um, you know, ha- have a, you know, a little bit of an influence in terms of, of them being there. Um, but, you know, with Corey, we, we coached together at Gray Collegiate um, and, you know, I've never seen so many kids love a coach like they did Corey Helms. And um, and from a business perspective, with Corey and Perry, 
you know, like we, we talked about earlier, I, I've, I've done, I've been doing receivers elite, you know, for, for a few years now. And, um, you know, so I, I've been training a lot of the, a lot of the receivers, a lot of the top receivers in the state, you know, Corey has created from what I've seen with the market out there, he's created the number one offensive line training, um, you know, business in the least. trenches. Yep. Yeah. Trench work. Yeah. Yep. And at least the Southeast. And Perry has created, you know, one of the top 10 quarterback training, um, you know, businesses in, in the country. And his so, football IQ is phenomenal. I yeah, mean, I've been around both him and Steven Garcia a lot. They're gyration stations. I know you've worked with them too. Yeah. Perry, and I'm not saying that Steven isn't, because I think Steven gets a bad rap sometimes uh, because of, you know, obviously things that happened 10 years ago, right? Uh, but at the same time too, the guy knows what he's talking about. Perry, though. Perry's going to be a hell of a coach one day. Oh, he already is um, a hell of a coach. And Well, and, what I mean by that is coaching at a higher level. Yeah. Um, I think it's only a matter of time. I think what he was able to prove at AC Flora, um, coming in as a volunteer first, then working with the quarterbacks, and now this opportunity at, at Colonel Newman, a school that, look, they, they need a little juice right now. They need to be able to take that next step. Um, if they're able to do that, I mean, man, I think it's only a matter of time before both those guys are coaching college. But I'm, I'm very, very – excited to see Perry's growth because I mean it just seems like yesterday that I was covering him for his final year when he had the little bits of his hair left on him as we joke around <laughs> with him um, but I, I think I think Perry is a guy though that I mean shoot I don't know if it's an analyst position he'd want I, I haven't asked him this in quite yeah, some time I, but I can provide a little bit USC, of you know? yeah and um, you know the thing that's most what I'm most excited about with Perry and Corey is, is exactly what you talked about. They, they could be college coaches right now. Yep. The best part about it is they don't want to be coaches, college coaches right now. Mm -hmm. Corey, again, since I've coached with him at gray, he has had an affinity for being a successful high school coach and turning a program into an, a state, you know, a powerhouse. So that he is right where he needs to be. Perry, on the other hand, Perry has an incredible business, right to bear arms insurance, where they where they insure, um, you know. Uh, uh, Look at you, a little sales. Yeah, I don't know the technical terms, but they basically insure guns. Uh, you know, no free shout outs, Perry, but there you go, buddy. Uh, he He's really content with what he's doing with QB1 athletics, his training service, um, you know, being an offensive coordinator at Cardinal Newman in, in, in his full time job. So they're they're. They're in a perfect place to be exactly where they want to be, but they're also, like you said, two of the most, you know, driven guys that I've ever met in the football world. Where Perry, Perry doesn't settle for, you know, Perry, Perry doesn't settle for anything. Corey expects a lot out of these kids, but they also mm -hmm. are going to make it really fun, and that's that's something that I feel like a lot of people, a lot of coaches, um, you know, lost sight of is making sure that you know these kids have fun. Like I'm not saying fun as in go around and it's like play touch, like two hand touch. No, like. You're going to have fun and you're going to find the fun in working hard. And that's exactly what Corey and Perry are doing. So, um, you know, the, the thing about Cardinal Newman, uh, this is the last point I make, but the thing about Cardinal Newman is besides Hammond, well, is there a better program you want to be? I mean, you have the public schools, but I mean, from a, from a coach's perspective, you're, you're so, you're so wrapped up in the district's rules that you don't have any flexibility. There's, there's so much potential in, in the state of South Carolina for, for, for high school football, but nobody has created 
a program except for Hammond where it's it, it, it's worthwhile. And that's and that's what the you know Cardinal Newman is is putting their you know all their money into. It's like, hey, we're gonna we want to rival him, not only rival him, but we want to beat Hammond, and we want to be that other top dog to Hammond, so that we can create a program that is you know top you know second to none. So they're in a really good situation here. I really think the stars align for him, and I'm just I'm really excited to see where it ends up for sure. No, it's been it's a fun it's a fun conference. Um, been able yeah. to obviously cover Hammond for, for many years when I was at Watch Fox. I've seen what Danny Lewis has been able to do with Heathwood Hall um, mm-hmm. following the, the footsteps of Marcus Lattimore. It's just some of these schools, it is difficult to be able to get maybe some of the, the bodies that you need to necessarily be yeah. able to compete with the Hammonds of the world. But I think you know if you invest into the product, just like anything in life, if you invest into it starting from a – Financial standpoint, from a school standpoint, right? You, you you finance it the right way, and you're able to say, "Hey, look, we care about this product." Like Hammond has. I mean, and, you know, we could sit here, we could go down. You know, okay, this Hammond has this. You know, other schools don't have that. I understand that, but respect them. I mean, they created something great. I mean, you, you know, respect what, I mean? yeah. what they've done. And you've been able to see it. I mean, you went to you went to Cardinal Newman. You had to play against it. So why not? Why not? Uh, before we do wrap things up, though, just a reminder that if you haven't already, be sure to head on over to our sponsor for today's show, as they have always been for the last couple shows here. I believe in South Carolina, Bet Online. So be sure to check them out. Plenty of action going on in the world of sports, NBA Finals. Another game tonight, Game 3. Hope my Celtics can get back to their winning ways, Jacob. But uh, I also want to add this, though, before I end things. You know, Speaking about Boston wearing the new Pete Frady shirt, for ALS, strikeout ALS, his brother um, Andrew Frady sent it down along with my high school at St. John's Prep. Of course, Pete was the creator and founder of the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Passed away a couple of years ago after his battle. So appreciate Andrew sending me that shirt down. And one more thing I do want to mention, too. I want to give a uh, big thank you to everyone in Columbia for uh, nominating not just me, but for Gamecock Central. We just found out that uh, we've been nominated for uh, Best Sports Website for Gamecock Central, so we appreciate that. Voting is going to start today, so we'll get that link up. Please, please, please vote for GamecockCentral.com. But in addition to that, I'm very grateful to to be nominated for Best Local Twitter in Columbia on top of Best Local Twitter, as well as uh, Best Local Sportscaster. So I don't think Rick Henry has lost that since 95, someone said. So, um, you know, go on over. Let's, let's, pull the the let's pull off the upset. But, uh, you know, again, grateful for those two uh, individual honors, but uh, very, very grateful for the, uh, for the best sports website for Gamecock Central. Been a blast since joining the team over there. But, Jacob, we appreciate you taking the time with us today. Be sure to head on over. Remind them one more time. Remind them what's going on Friday and Saturday as to where they can see everything to be able to help out this this great this great event. If you like flag football and you're done playing and you want to get out there and get some exercise and compete a little bit, Friday night, 7 p.m., we're doing a, a community event flag football tournament you can sign up as an individual you can sign up as a team of six or more if you want to play sign up it's going to be on pd3foundation.com and you're going to find the sign up sheet it's we're doing it for a great cause we're trying to raise some mental health awareness 
Um, and, and we just want to, we want to have a fun event. And, uh, and again, on, on Saturday, we're doing a high school seven on seven tournament at 10 AM. If you want to come out and watch some good sports, you know, live, it's the off season. You got that itch. Come on out, man. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be a great day. So uh, looking forward to seeing you all out there. So Jacob, again, thank you for, li- for, for being on today and for everyone. Thank you for listening. Jacob listened. He's a good listener, but next week we'll have Nick back on. Marcus Lattimore will be back on and we'll have another special guest. We appreciate you guys listening to Believe in South Carolina. If you're listening on iTunes, please, please, please leave us a nice five-star review. Give us a nice little written review too. And uh, if you uh, are on Gamecock Central already, we appreciate you. If you haven't, what's taking you so long? Head on over to GC. Subscribe. That football season is right around the corner in just a month. We will be heading out to the ATL in Atlanta for SEC Media Day. This is Believe in South Carolina. We'll catch you guys next week. Same time, same place. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.